welcome to another episode of Hurwitz's House of Horror. I'm your host, Steve Hurwitz, and this is the podcast where we talk horror movies. Now, the past couple episodes, we've been switching things up a little bit. If you recall, in the E.T. episode, we twisted that on its head by having me be interviewed, and we got to see what a quote-unquote family-friendly movie looked like through the eyes of someone who thinks it is actually a horror movie. After that, we had the Alien episode, in which was more of an appreciation episode. And finally, we did a uh, commentary last week, which thank you everyone for listening to that. But this week, we're going back to the original format of I find a horror movie to show one of my friends and I try and see what they think of it. I get to hear their thoughts and opinions. And as is becoming much more frequent now, we have my official, unofficial co-host back in the horror house with me. Jeff Miller. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. I'm glad to hear it. Welcome on back. We're going back to the original roots of this podcast. That's right. I feel like every episode's a little a little different. I feel like we we always start the episode being like, hey, this week we're doing something a little different. Pretty (laughs) much. Man, we do different shit all the time now, you know. And we gotta keep people on their toes. We gotta we're giving them a consistent horror related thing. Yeah. But what kind of thing is that gonna be? You're just going to have to tune in to find out. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. So a couple episodes ago, we started calling our early horror-related news segment of this show. I think you dubbed it the Horror Hour. (laughs) And I am sticking with that name. (laughs) So we'll start going along with the Horror Hour Roundup or Review, whichever you prefer. So... Beginning off with this, Jeff, have you had any horror news, any horror related going ons or any horror happenings? Uh, uh, Some unintentional horror experiences. I was watching the Disney, the D23 Expo like announcements. Yes. In order to catch any like Marvel stuff or just see what's going on with like Indiana Jones, the fifth movie. And um, something caught my eye that I thought you would be into. So I wanted to talk to you about it. Oh, perfect. What are we, what are we talking about? It's a Marvel. Uh, it's like a new, it seems like a new thing they're doing, a Marvel special presentation. Yes. Uh, uh, a movie, I believe, or a series called Werewolf by Night. Yes, 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 yes. You told me about this. Yeah, yeah. you sent you sent a link to the Slack mm-hmm. chat. So I believe this is going to be a one hour just special or a, oh, or okay. a short. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to this. Definitely go watch the trailer if you're listening to this. Um, it's super like B movie horror, like appreciation. You even see like the film crackles on the screen. It's all it looks like it's all, I think all in black and white. It reminds me of a lot of the older universal horror movies. Mm-hmm. And those are so fun. And it just has kind totally. of a fun vibe to it while also spooky. Yeah, it looks like it might even get get a little gory. And I'm not sure what the tie in is with Marvel. I haven't looked into I'm assuming maybe it ties to maybe one of their original properties, because I know a lot of comic books used to do like strange mysteries and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So maybe it's something to more more along those lines. But it looks rad. I'm excited for it because werewolves totally love them. Big fan. And I feel like this could be an opportunity to bring possibly Blade in interesting yeah because it's about hunting a monster right let me read the premise of this show or this special for you so on a dark and somber night a secret cabal of monster hunters emerges from the shadows and gather at the foreboding bloodstone temple following the death of their leader 
In a strange and macabre memorial to the leader's life, the attendees are thrust into a mysterious and deadly competition for a powerful relic, a hunt that will ultimately bring them face to face with a dangerous monster. Ooh. So it was the talk of hunting monsters that made me think of Blade a little bit. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I don't think he's going to show up in this, but maybe they'll like reference him or have maybe some sort of ending cameo. Yeah, I feel like the tone is way different than I would expect, but it would be really fun to kind of debut him in this kind of weird world. Yeah. And then spin off into like his, I'm assuming, much more serious film. Because I, I think... Blade was one of those, you know, strange mysteries or tales of suspense, which he first debuted as a British man as well. Mm -hmm. And I, like you were saying, I think Werewolf by Night was also one of those creatures. And there's a lot going on. There is a little clip that we see of Man Thing, which is very Very comic accurate also, which was fun. That is a whole other story. But I like that Mm -hmm. they're introducing these weird creatures and monsters and as soon as I saw it, I was like, ooh, this is this looks spooky and fun. And totally. I think it's coming out October, mid-October. And I'm on the lookout for I just want to, you know, I want a spooky October. Absolutely. So I'm to watch this for Halloween. Speaking of spooky October, we have some fun October Halloween related things coming up for the whole month. So be prepared for that, everyone. Uh, what about you? See anything spooky? Spooky. Spooky scary in the last week? I think I saw this maybe two weeks ago, something like that. I meant to bring it up a while. I just forgot. But there was a trailer I saw for the movie Goodnight Mommy. I yeah, I ju- I saw that recently. Um, I feel like we've seen that movie. We funnily enough have. The movie originally came out in 2014. It was a uh-huh. French or a German film. I, it was it was a German film. Excuse me. And. I remember seeing trailers for it and being like, ooh, that looks fucking weird and creepy. And Mm -hmm. uh, we sat down and watched it together as well. And I was ultimately, it was fine. Yeah, it was okay. I was a little disappointed by it. Then all of a sudden, I wake up one morning and I see that there's a trailer for Goodnight Mommy out. And I'm like, I remember this. Why does it say 2022? Yeah, that's weird. I completely forgot that they were remaking this. I guess I, I remember hearing about this a couple of years ago at least. And, you know, as big Hollywood loves to do, mm-hmm. they like to take a property that isn't even that old and try and slap their own little thing on it, being <laughs> like, look what we did. Yeah, I don't even remember it being like a subtitled movie. So when it when I first saw it, when you showed me the trailer, it was kind of like, what? We, we've seen this like this movie just <laughs> was not out that long ago. Yeah, it looks different enough. Yeah, I mean, very similar to the to the premise. Totally. The whole story is this mother gets facial reconstruction surgery and she is staying out in this house in the woods or something. Yeah, with her creepy twin sons. Yeah. And the sons start to believe that this woman who has come back is not actually their mother because the entire time she has her face bandaged up or she's wearing certain things covering her face. And the kids make it their job to uncover who this mysterious woman actually is. Who came back? What yeah. is going on? And I kind of dig that concept. But yeah. the the follow through, at least with the original, is kind of, eh, I don't know. It was just fine. I wouldn't watch it again. I remember there are some kind of like fucked up parts, too. Yeah, I wasn't into the fucked up parts. Yeah. And then the ending, I, I'm not going to spoil that for anyone because, right. I mean, if you haven't seen the original, I guess check it out or the 2014 one. Or if you just want to wait till this one. Maybe they'll change up the ending. I don't want to spoil it for anyone too soon, but the ending came around and I kind of 
at a certain point predicted it. Right. Who and who's the actor in this new one? Kate. Uh, it's gonna be Naomi Watts is Naomi portraying Watts. the mother. So that's fun. Yeah, I really like Naomi Watts. So I am probably actually gonna give this a give this a watch. Well, when when you do, you'll have to report back. I will and let us know how it, how it stacks up to the original. I'll give a little uh, Hora Hauer review of it. <laughs> yeah. But let's see. Other than that, oh, I got one very exciting piece of Evil Dead merchandise, I guess uh-huh. I want to call it. So I already posted this on the Instagram, but I want to show you in person. Let me grab it. Ah, so I grabbed the Evil Dead Groovy Collection. I think it's huge. It sure is. It's this awesome looking case. It's got a book inside and it has Evil Dead 1 and 2 on 4K Blu-ray. And then it also has Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, on Blu-ray, all three seasons, which I owned, I think, the first two seasons. But I also really wanted this because it had the 4K, <laughs> uh, the 4K versions. It looks cool. And it does look cool. You know, I have an absolute love and appreciation of Evil Dead. I was going to say, I feel like you've you own most of the contents, <laughs> but I mean, it's worth it just for the I mean, the book. Yeah. Alone. And then the case and everything. And I don't own evil. The original Evil Dead on 4K, 4K or Blu-ray. I have it on VHS. I do own multiple copies of Evil Dead 2, but I didn't have it on 4K. And then. OK, so <laughs> you had you had versions of. Yeah, but not. But all right. Now imagine nicest. imagine one day I wake up and. My DVD player is broken along with my Blu-ray player. And all I have is my TV, which I have the 4K code for on. Oh, the code. Yes. See, that's the loophole here. I was going to say, uh, if you can't play your DVD, you can't play anything else. So. Mm-hmm. Or, or there you, you know, go. Turn you have your bases covered. Exactly. Turn that around. And what if my TV, my PS5, DVD player and uh, all that's left is my VHS player. There you go. I have at least that already on VHS. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So I just have to have all my bases covered. And Mm -hmm. again, as a fan, I feel like I needed this. Yeah. Now you just need to get the series on VHS. Mm, I don't think that exists. Well, you're going to have to make it exist. What I do need to get is the Army of Darkness 4K. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that was not included in this collection. I have had people asking this, so I'll tell them all now. It was not included in this because at the time of the release of this box set, there are licensing issues. Of course. So it wasn't able to be included. I think it's like that got figured out now. Uh, This came out a couple of years ago, but. Okay, so speaking of. Yes. uh, Evil Dead, Steve. Yes. I feel like people are going to be wondering where the episode where the evil dead episode is oh why we haven't done an evil dead episode if you have so many copies of of these movies and so much love and so much love uh i've been waiting for the right time i really i'm very excited to do it we almost did an episode a couple weeks ago we were just going to kind of cover the first and jump into the second because spoiler alert the second is my one of my all-time top favorite horror movies in general but i really think that the first deserves its own episode And I want to do a lot of research into this because there is some great background history and some great stories to the original and the second. And I I want to give one of my favorite series the the credit that it deserves. So stay tuned. There's some work going on behind the scenes to make the Evil Dead episodes the best they can be. 
I'm also excited because I think in October the like steel case 4k army of darkness <laughs> comes out. So I definitely want to get that. It's a there very cool, it's a very cool looking cover. So I think that that kind of will wrap it up for me with horror related things that went on this week. Like I said, crazy week. So I didn't get as much horror E and horror ing done as I, uh, as I would have preferred, but that's what this upcoming week is for editing and doing more horror things, maybe playing some more horror games. I haven't really dabbled too much in video games recently, horror mm. related. So here's to a here's to a especially horrifying week for you, Steve. Thank you. And to you as well. Oh, thanks. And as a reminder, we've got some shirts available as well as a, a die cut sticker. Uh, if you go to the link in our Instagram bio, our link tree. Uh, and go check those out. We have got, we got a short sleeve shirt with the logo on the front. We got a long sleeve shirt with Steve's head printed huge on the back. I like that you made that shirt yellow too. It's mm-hmm. great. It looks a great color. It's a great look. Looks fantastic. I'm gonna pick up one of each probably and just wear. You know, at least it's not my my name on it. <laughs> well, so much for me ordering a shirt and wearing that during the podcast. Really ruined that hey, for I me. I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> I got to represent myself, you know. Yeah, exactly. And thank you to everyone who has already purchased a shirt or a sticker. Really appreciate that. It's a big help. Thank you so much, everyone. And with that, that's going to bring us into today's movie that we'll be talking about. Today, we'll be discussing the French-American anthology series, Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, from 1993. From the very depths of hell... of the imagination it is coming hp lovecraft's necronomicon the book of the dead so jeff we're doing a first on the podcast with this movie in particular this is going to be our first anthology movie i've wanted to do one of these for a while and i had tales from the crypt and another one, Creep Show. Mm-hmm. I really want to do both of those, but those are on my list as well. For some reason, I have decided to go with Necronomicon Book of the Dead <laughs> for you, especially. Yeah, you when like. you uh, approached me um, in the dark alley and handed me a USB drive saying mm-hmm. that I couldn't watch it uh, on other forms of media, I got really nervous. Yeah. I thought maybe I was watching some kind of underground, you know horror something something bad something i pulled off the dark web yeah exactly thankfully it was not that it was probably kind of the opposite of that yep (laughs) (laughs) well first of all because it's an anthology movie there are going to be three different directors now i'm going to do my best to not butcher these names i apologize ahead of time to everyone listening so the first part is going to be directed by christoph gans he directed the drowned the second part, The Cold, was directed by Shusuke Kaneko, who I want to just point out real quick. I did not realize I own four movies that he has directed. No way. What movies? Yeah. So oh, I wow. never realized that he ended up directing the trilogy from the 1995 series Gamera, Guardian <laughs> of the oh, Universe, nice. which I actually brought in here for you to take a look at because I don't know if you know who or what Gamera is. 
Gamera. I do. Yeah, he's a giant prehistoric fire breathing turtle. And he also flies. Of course. Yep. He was created originally, I think, to kind of counteract Godzilla because they're by two different, you know, film studios. Oh, totally. Got to you got to cash in on that Godzilla money. Of course. And I was looking through his IMDb and I saw that he directed this series and I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's awesome because I love those movies. (laughs) They're so fun. On top of that, he also directed a Godzilla film from the 2000s era. It was called, oh, I'm blanking on this one, Godzilla All Out Monster Attack starring King Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra. Hmm. I could be making that up, but it is like All Out Monster Attack. And I apparently own that movie, which I forgot about, (laughs) sitting on my shelf right next to my other Godzilla movies. So that was a nice little surprise that I had actually heard of this director before, kind of. Yeah, turns out to be one of your favorites. Yep. And then finally, we have a name you might slightly recognize Brian Usna. Now he directed part three, the whispers and the, the wraparound, I guess the, the sections that begin and sort of intertwined and end this movie. Right now, Brian Usna worked a lot with Stuart Gordon, who was the director of reanimator. You'll recognize this movie. Stuart Gordon directed from beyond, which Brian Usna also produced. Hey, we did a fantastic commentary, our very first commentary to that movie. And he has gone on Brian Usna to direct such things like society. He did bride of reanimator. I think he did return of the living dead part three. And he did the third reanimator movie, which I've never seen. Maybe I'll get around to, Hmm. but I just thought it was fun that he kind of has a hand in a lot of horror things that I seem to like. Yeah, that's cool. And I don't know if you've noticed, I'm sure you have, but this is like a very specific type of horror that I seem to have a a like for. It's not good stuff. I can uh, watching (laughs) as we've sat down to watch these movies, I'm starting to put together this common thread Uh of kind of the type of horror that you're really into. Yeah. Like I, I do like horror in the in the greater mm-hmm. sense. I have a good appreciation for it, but there's also a very s- specific type that I am drawn to that totally. I love. There's got to be a name for it too. I want to do some research and figure out like what you'd classify this type of horror being. Uh-huh. It's almost like it's like gory in a way, but it's almost like crafty. Goof- That's a little goofy too, right? Goofy. Oh, totally. Maybe yeah. like over the top. Yeah, a little campy, a little again almost always practical effects it's yes. almost like student filmy in a way independent mm-hmm. i don't know yeah we'll have yeah. to look into that more i've always kind of known that but then going back and seeing this name attached to a lot of things i'm like yeah no there's a lot of these directors that i seem to flock to and have a have a love for mm-hmm. now going back to these three i guess sections these three tales that we go through in this movie They're all based off of works by H.P. Lovecraft. Right. Now, I have brought up before how much I love H.P. Lovecraft. The first introduction I ever have to Lovecraft was through my sister. And I actually brought the book in here to show you. It's called Haunting Tales of Terror by H.P. Lovecraft. It's called Waking Up Screaming. And it just is a collection of a bunch of his short stories Mm -hmm. that he's done throughout the years. I have a couple of these. But this one I remember in particular my sister having... And she kind of introduced me to Lovecraft and the whole Cthulhu 
thing. Nice. She used to have like plushies of Cthulhu. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. just would see images of this alien, otherworldly tentacle giant being just around her room or like on a computer. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? I love it. <laughs> so I, I had to check this movie out for that reason. Cause of it's course. HP Lovecraft going back to Stuart Gordon, Brian Usna, they did the HP Lovecraft reanimator from beyond Dagon. I think Brian Usna also had a hand in that. And these are all related to, to HP Lovecraft. Right. So the, the first chapter called The Drowned is based off of, or excuse me, loosely based off of the short story called The Rats in the Wall. Now, a quick little summary of that short story involves uh, a guy going back to his family home, which kind of happens in this. We'll get to that. He discovers that apparently his family had enslaved people and were keeping them underneath of their house so that they could like raise them as cattle so they could eat them. And then eventually this guy who discovered that about his family ends up going crazy, starts to eat somebody, loses his mind. And that's essentially what that story was about. So when you say loosely based, yeah. you mean very loosely based on that story, considering yes. really none of that happens pretty much in this version. Yes. So the second part, the cold is based off of the short story, cool air. I think this is the one that has the most to kind of do with the actual story. It's about a scientist or a professor who moves into a house and he meets this doctor who needs cold air to survive because of some sort of reason. And we'll get into a little bit more of the similarities to that story since it's the closest. He turns to a life of crime. He wants to bring back his dead wife mm -hmm. who he's keeping frozen. He fights a vigilante who dresses like a bat. It's bananas. Yeah. How similar it is to, to another character I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he says, everybody freeze. Ice to meet you. <laughs> that took me too long to think of. <laughs> oh, what, what's my favorite one? What was the dinosaurs? What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> that needed a lot more context. No, I'm that was good. <laughs> There's another one too I, I was trying to remember. It's like um, something about hell freezing over. Yeah, you got uh, Whatever. You get it. You guys get it. What was the Eagles best life tour when hell freezes over? <laughs> I think that that's a relatable thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> If, uh, the longest quip from a villain ever. <laughs> Batman's like, Jesus, get to it. What are you talking about? The Eagles. If the Eagles even did a tour called did Hell you Freezes ever, Over. Do you listen to the Eagles? He's like, oh my God. Batman's like, no. <laughs> Freeze goes, uh, Hotel California. <laughs> I don't know what accent I'm trying to do anymore. <laughs> it's, it's slipped into it's, like maybe not, an old man. An or old something. man yelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Back the, on track. Yeah, the second one's not about Mr. Freeze. We'll ju I'll just, a spoiler right there. All right, he does well, not appear. Oh, uh, we probably, just, we probably just lost a lot of Batman listeners Yeah, right well, there. you know. <laughs> Stay tuned. There is more fun stuff. Yeah. So finally, the third part called The Whispers is based off of a short story called The Whispers in Darkness. This one I have not actually read but I did a quick little wiki summary and it involves aliens and taking people's brains. And it sounded really cool. And it sounded really familiar to me as well because I actually heard an updated version of the story. 
So quick tangent for y'all, which we've never gone on a tangent before. Yeah. So there's a first time Whoa, for Steve, everything. Stay on task. <laughs> well, let me pull you aside for a second. So during the whole COVID lockdown, which surprisingly is the first time I decided to watch this movie, going back to Friday the 13th, the 2009 remake is when I watched this. I watched a lot during that time. I had so much time on my hands. It was great. Anyways, I found this Lovecraft podcast called The Lovecraft Investigations. And so it it's super fun because they take H.P. Lovecraft stories and they kind of they make it into an investigative story. They kind of update it for the modern times. And they it's about two reporters essentially finding themselves like in these stories that have either like started to happen or are happening and how their lives kind of get intertwined with it. This seems very familiar to me. It's fun. I really like it. It sounds almost like like uh, X-Files meets H.P. Lovecraft. I guess so. Oh, huh. like two investigators. <laughs> they go investigate these stories. Modern times. Yeah. But wacky I, happenings. Pretty much. And, like, you know, they take certain liberties into the, into their own hands by changing gotcha. elements. But it follows roughly the stories. And the first one was the case of Charles Dexter Ward, which is very cool. And the second one ended up being about or based off of the whispers in darkness. Mm. And it had to do with aliens and. It was very, very good. And the third one, I don't remember what that story was about, but they were all fairly consistent. Mm. You know, it's it's fiction. But if you love H.P. Lovecraft or you kind of want an introduction into what H.P. Lovecraft is kind of work and the the mythos around some of his stories, I think it's worth checking out. It's called The Lovecraft Investigation. It's a BBC4 show. You can find it on most podcasting platforms. And I think it's very cool. So quick plug for them. You guys are great. With all of that background out of the way, Jeff, are you ready to jump into it? Oh, so ready. Let's do it. Our movie begins with we meet a fantastic character, H.P. Lovecraft himself, played by the ever fantastic Jeffrey Combs. Hey, oh, the star of Reanimator, the star of From Beyond, the star of Castle Freak, the star of a few Star Trek episodes. Uh Oh, <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of the. uh God damn it. Uh-oh, Star Trek mention of the of the week. Hit it. He's in this movie. And he plays HP Lovecraft. And so he goes to a library. Hmm. Which is being guarded by some monks. And he originally goes in there to do some research on short stories that he's writing. He manages to bamboozle one of the monk librarian guys. Yeah, and pickpockets him. Steals those keys right out from under his robe. That's a sin. If I ever heard of one. So he ends up going into the, I guess, secret area, this locked area of the library. And the door mysteriously closes behind him. Causing He's entered him. the adult section. Yes. The spooky section of the movie theater. Mm-hmm. That's not right. <laughs> the spooky section of the video store. So the door mysteriously closes behind him and he ends up dropping the keys straight down through a grate into a pit of water. Good job. Good job, idiot. So right in front of him, he sees this looks like a vault. 
The vault opens up, and inside we have our first look at the Necronomicon, which, for anyone who doesn't know, is the Book of the Dead. It is a book that contains incantations that can bring about life, death. It contains stories, things about otherworldly creatures. It's something that Lovecraft invented and shows up throughout his stories and is, as you can tell by the name of this movie, the focus of this anthology series. So Lovecraft takes the Necronomicon out of the vault, opens it up, and begins to take down notes. Now, what he doesn't notice is that the vault itself, there are panels inside of it, that slowly begin to open up. And that leads us into our very first short, The Drowned. Today, the last descendant of the Delacour line returned from Sweden. As you are well known for, Jeff, are your summaries of movies. Would you like to give us a summary of this very first part? Yeah, my um, my famous very correct summaries. Always spot on. Um, all right, so our first story here is about a man returning to his childhood home. And uh, soon we find out that he, uh, he was in some kind of accident and his wife was killed. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's going back to try and find uh, this book to bring him back to life. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Along those lines. And uh, he tries to bring back his dead wife and things go awry. Involving spooky creatures. Pretty much. So I'm sure you could tell the very small similarities that this short and the actual story had were about a gentleman named Delapore. Yes, he does go to his house. Yes. In the short story, it was his house. In this short, it's going to be a hotel that his uncle owned. And you were absolutely right. He did have an accident, which I thought was a bit silly the way it looked. Oh, totally. The car just veers straight off of a road. Yeah, I laughed. It looks like a toy car. Yeah, (laughs) I laughed. But it also kind of reminded me of like, you know, honestly, one of the things that I feel like a lot of people give Quentin Tarantino props for, mm-hmm. I feel like he gets away with a lot of really campy, cheesy shit. Sure. Where it looks goofy, but they're like, oh, that's the style of Quentin Tarantino. Like the driving scenes that he does with yeah. like the blue screen background. Uh huh. Those objectively look terrible. Correct. But they're like stylistic they're part of him you, you know, know right and i f- i almost was trying to give this move this little sh- fuck what it, what are we going to refer to it as i guess we can just call them shorts this short i essentially was trying to give this short that same benefit of the doubt had that go? Where i was like there's a little old school toy car looking thing going over the edge i did <laughs> laugh but i was also kind of like i mean i'm into it it's it kind of goes into the B movie aesthetic a little bit, which this entire movie is totally most definitely very much right away. I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of into the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. It very much reminded me of weirdly like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. The scenes where he's swinging around on a rope and yeah, using a machete and a sword and shit. Right, and the way it's shot and like something about it just felt like that era of kind of like B movie, almost intentionally B movie where they're like, okay, it's some like campy horror HP Lovecraft type stuff. So let's kind of shoot it that way. And I was like, all right, I'm into that for this one. That's good. I like that. 
So there's also a scene where they find his wife and she's being kept in like this tank for some reason. Yeah, what? I don't understand that. that? I was going to ask you, what did you take? What was your take on that? It seemed like there. it was the scene of like when the family visits their deceased relative or whatever in the morgue, except Mm -hmm. for instead of being a morgue, it was like a kiddie pool. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, oh, is this her? And he like lifts her by her hair. It was like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't know what kind of hospital or what kind of morgue that Edward Delapore was going to, but I don't recommend that. Yeah. And wasn't she in the water with like other bodies? It looked like there was other bodies, kind of. He was just like, let me just sort through these these bodies in this little kiddie pool really quick. Is this yours? He's like, oh no, my wife. Or whatever. I didn't think of it like that because maybe there were other bodies or maybe other cars all went off the road at the same time that we didn't (laughs) see. And it's just like a collection of floating bodies that they're They're like, oh, this is where we keep our water death bodies (laughs) in. We keep them in the water so that they continue to decompose and And get worse looking. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is this one your wife? Yeah. No. No. This bloated one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, creepy. It's like this is unsettling. Well, yeah, his his wife unfortunately did pass. And yeah, he ends up going back to this hotel and he gets this letter from his uncle who we have another flashback. We have like two flashbacks in this. Lots of flashbacks, flash forwards. The flashback of his uncle is that his uncle's wife and kid died in a ship crash. He ended up right. being OK. I don't know what his name was. Arthur Delapore, I think was the uncle's name. Man, you got me. All I know is he's got some some old man makeup on. Oh, most. <laughs> that was a young man. Oh, yeah. Old man's makeup. Which at first I thought, is that the main character in old man makeup? Just because I thought that, too. They look similar, clearly, because they're supposed to be related. But also, why why not just cast an older guy <laughs> if it's not like... You got me, man. I don't know. But yeah, so we see... We you know, see the, uh, the, the uncle. uncle. And he ends up surviving the crash, but the wife and son die. And he ends up cursing God and taking a Bible and throwing it into the fire. Yeah, big chunky Bible. I think it's huge. Once again, we have his wife and son's... Their bodies are just... Hanging out on some like on a table on two tables in their old spooky, like the old spooky Victorian outfits the mm-hmm. little boy is wearing. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know why these bodies are just being left out in weird places. Yeah, it's kind of like, don't you have like a, I don't know, more of a procedure for this or it doesn't seem very sanitary. Sure doesn't. So later that night, he is visited by some strange fish creature man wearing a big old hat. Yeah, I, I, I loved that. I did, too. I like the hands. I love the mouth. Like These are very goofy effects, but they looked really good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He, the, <laughs> Depending he, how you want to look at it. I called him Big Hat Sea Guy. <laughs> and I said it was uh, it was sweet of him to offer his support. Yeah. He's like, he you came know, and he's like, hey, just wanted to let you know that I know you're going through some stuff and that's okay and that you're not alone. If you ever want to talk about it, I'm in the ocean, basically. <laughs> word for word. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, very nicely enough, drops off the Necronomicon for yeah. this gentleman to read, which he finds the incantation to bring back people from the dead. So he makes a big old pentagram on the ground, cuts his hand open, throws some blood on the floor. Mm-hmm. And this ends up bringing back his wife and kid. And he was pretty psyched at first. Yeah, he was. Until all of a sudden his son is like steaming a little bit. Yeah, he. which I liked that. Yeah. He's walking across the like hardwood floor and mm-hmm. like steam was coming up from his footsteps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
with each step. I was like, ooh, nice, nice, nice. And his wife sits up and she's like, Arthur. I don't know if his name was Arthur, but I'm just going to call him Arthur yeah. now. And all of a sudden, they're, both of their eyes go green. Yeah, glowing green. And then like she's kind of spitting stuff up. And then as yeah. the sun gets closer, we get something he gets gross. like octopus mouth. Just tentacle face. Blah, blah, blah. And then it goes like it makes like a little gur noise and i cracked up at that too and like it like wiggles his little octopus out of his mouth (laughs) yeah that was tight i like that and then i guess he can't take the guilt of what he's done by bringing them back and he just jumps off of a (laughs) a balcony and kills himself for some reason yeah he's like "Uh uh-oh oops and then his wife and kid were just standing there watching it happen that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so at the end of the letter, this is when Edward de la Porra learns that the book is hidden somewhere in the house and he does end up finding it and he decides to bring his wife back. Doesn't this- he like, but he like he's pulling books off the wall and he rips the painting off the wall mm-hmm. and it's like a dirty hole in the wall, mm-hmm. just full of spider webs and bugs like maggots and, and stuff. maggots and stuff. And he's like, Oh, excuse me. And just, just blindly reaches in, but my hand in here just feels around. I was like, Nope, no fucking way. That man had plenty of space to look and put his arm in. Totally. And probably shine like a lantern in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe a flash. I didn't fully. That part was worse than squid mouth. Ooh, yeah. I'd, I'd grab one of that kid's freaking mouth squids. Just like or hey, octopus legs. Don't mouth squid me. Yeah, like, don't get it. Get that, put that back in here. There. That's rude. But reaching into a spider web hole? Hey, that's a game changer. No thanks. No thank you, sir. Hell no. But so he found it. He did. And he performs the same ritual. Mm-hmm. And later that night, he gets a visit from his wife. Or so he thinks. His, his like, dead water corpse wife. Yeah, she's basically. like all just slimy and Which, gross. I'm going to be honest, though. Let's have it. For the type of movie that's like, Ooh, practical effects, squids, and like, <laughs> uh, like spit up. And she was just kind of like pale and a little slimy, but her fingernails were looked manicured almost mm-hmm. like they're sparkly. And she had like vines just like delicately, like perfectly hair covering her like, f- like privates yeah. and like her hair is over her boobs. I was like, she looked. It's like seductive almost, which mm-hmm. maybe was part of it. I think that was supposed to be it, a little She was bit. trying to seduce him, I guess. Yeah. I think she definitely had a slimy look and it looked like you maybe you could see like veins. Yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. supposed to be like the very pale part. and yeah. veiny. And he gets very excited for a second. Yeah, he does. She comes over and she starts kind of being weird to him, like touching him. And yeah, I didn't like, know what what was going to happen here. It. OK, it did look well. He like sits down on the bed and she's being weird with her hands like on his face and stuff. Yeah. And then to me, it looked almost like she was trying to like, she's like, and she was going to like perform. Yeah. She she says something too. She says, I'm tired of, I'm I'm tired of bubbles in my mouth or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. What does that mean? And they're trying to like hint at oral probably. And then, um, and then he looks down and like, surprise, surprise, uh, more tentacles. Mm hmm. Come out of her mouth. Here are the notes that I have on that. <clears throat> Weird tentacle mouth. Oh, what? It's a huge tentacle on her back. Oh, <laughs> shit. Tentacle eyes. <laughs> so in summary. Oh, totally. Yeah. Her weird. She like turns and her back has mm-hmm. like what I would describe as a back vagina. 
and there's just a huge fucking tentacle straight Massive. into it. Yeah. yeah. Almost like a, like a, I don't know what you'd call that. It's like controlling her, it looks like. Yeah. It's yeah. Like a big it's power like a cord almost. Yeah. <laughs> or a puppet. Power cord. Essentially, yeah. That's a great <laughs> way of putting that. And yeah, he notices that. He's like, oh God. And then she starts to kind of go after him. And that's when more tentacles or like yeah, little her, tentacles. Yeah, like eye holes, tentacles come out. I yeah, hated that. Yeah, her eyes disappear. Yeah, yeah. They're just so thin. Yeah, ew. And then he grabs a sword that was thankfully right next to him and he slashes her. And that's when you see the power cord get yanked from the plug. Yeah, that yeah, socket yeah. gets pulled. And, and there's a bad morphing effect. Yeah, yeah. And she turns in, she, her whole body kind of turns into a tentacle. Mm-hmm. She gets dragged back down into like the main... Like main, the main room floor. i guess yeah off of she like breaks through a railing and stuff <laughs> I, that was funny too and he he I sees, gotta say real quick yeah he doesn't seem that bothered to me no not really he's just kind of just unsettled like man to be fair i'd be pretty unsettled by i that. wanted to like have sex with my dead wife That's and all. then she's a tentacle Ugh. that's not what i signed up for like i feel like he'd be like shaking and screaming but he's just kind of like oh no and then slices her. Ah, yep. I don't. It was like, man, you're taking this pretty well. Pretty well. I guess he's been he's been through some shit. True. So he goes out into the main dining room, and that's when he sees a shadow underneath. There was a shot at the beginning where you see that there's like an entire like lower level to this hotel. Which, hey, that's a reference to I guess the original story of a city underground that oh. the family was keeping, but there was no monster underneath. Right. But. Suddenly you see the fucking floor just explode and we see this gross creature looking thing. It looks honestly almost like a like a creature from D&D, a beholder a little bit. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, grab the D&D book behind you. OK, one second. <gasps> this is good content. Yeah. All of these visual things. Uh, so for anyone who does not know what a beholder is, it's essentially a one eyed creature with tentacles around its head and a big old mouth filled with chompy, chompy teeth. And I thought there was a picture in here. It does not look like there is. So I will not be able to show you, Jeff, but <laughs> it essentially looks very similar to that, except it's just uh, it has a lot of tentacles that start reaching up and trying to grab Edward. And this is kind of the Indiana Jones part that you're talking about, where he jumps onto a chandelier and he's like swinging across, trying to slash uh, like the ropes holding it together. Right. And he eventually climbs up to like the top of the the window and he smashes glass. And that ends up collapsing the chandelier straight down into this creature's eye. I wrote um, cool floor monster guy. <laughs> Good notes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he looked very cool. Very gross because, you know, he's screaming and spitting stuff up and the tentacles are flying up and trying to get Edward while he's mm -hmm. trying to avoid it. Well, that all looked very good. Yeah, very like fun. a goofy. Oh, definitely. Kind of can't be horror way. I was like, this is I'm into this. I like that this that that's kind of like the first creature thing that you see. I feel like as the stories go on, the creatures get weirder and weirder ish or you see more kind of gross mm -hmm. things. It was a good, good kind of lead up. Good setup. I guess. Yeah, I feel like upon finishing this. Well, OK, so he breaks the window, mm -hmm. smashes the the eye beast. Mm hmm. And then from there, makes his way to the roof, right? And just like hangs out on the roof. Climbs up. You see the creature slowly just pull back down underneath. You hear it make like some sounds and gurgle, gurgle, sunset, sunrise, sunrise, excuse me. And then uh, I thought it was a little bit abrupt. The yeah. ending was abrupt. Yeah. Like what happens to him? Yeah. And like 
Okay. How does it get I don't down know. It was there? like, I'm going to bring back my wife. Oh, wait, she's a tentacle monster. And then it dies. And it's like, the end. <laughs> it was kind of like, and oh. they all lived happily ever after, except for the squid eye monster. Right. Which, which I guess dead. makes sense if it's an anthology. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, true. I was kind of like, the arc didn't feel as much like an arc as much as like a. Yeah. I guess little we are, point. We're, we're experiencing the story through Lovecraft, who's writing these down. And that's right. just the end of that chapter. Yeah, yeah. Move He's just along. like quickly taking notes. Like, uh, yeah. uh. what were you going to say though? Um, yeah, at the end of watching this one, I thought, I hope the next two are, are like this. Because I, I really liked the first one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to do a rating of, of each of these chapters at the very end. How does that sound? Perfect. Excellent. All I'll say right now is the next two are not like this one. <laughs> They most certainly are not. Yeah. So moving along, we're going to go on to our short number two, The Cold. The Cold. In the midst of this cruel heat wave, the inhabitants of Boston curse their unbearable lot. While one man alone remains cool, cool but imprisoned by his own desperate devices. Let's get that famous summary for number two. All right. Number two, the cold. Uh, this one is about a journalist visiting someone's house and there's a lady inside and she's like, my mom used to live here and she uh, came to live with this old scientist man. Um, and the guy, he, the old scientist man was like, I need to be cold all the time or I'll die. And then they fell in love and some people died. Something to do with bone marrow and, <laughs> and like living forever. Huh? I mean, that's Am actually, that's pretty spot on, man. Yeah, I should write for the back of the movie. <laughs> I'll give you that. That was pretty, pretty close. Uh, you're 100% correct. A reporter, journalist comes by. I guess he's investigating some deaths that have yeah, occurred. Yeah, Mr. Porkle. Dan Porkle? Dale. Sorry. Dale yeah. Porkle was his name. Yeah. yeah. Funny name. Makes you think of like pork rinds Me for some too. reason. Gross. Yeah, I guess there have been some like murders over the past however many years, 22 years. And he's led it back to this house, Dr. Madden and her, I guess. I was a little vague on the intro to that. And he asks about her mother. And she starts to tell him the whole story of how her mother and Dr. Madden met because Dr. Madden had not been seen in the past, I think, 22 years. He had no death certificate. And the next day, this reporter, Dale, was going to be releasing some report about Dr. Madden and her mother. So her mother came to Boston one year and she moves into this house where the landlord, Lena, was she the landlord? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she was around, yeah, and she would like take care of the ground, like a groundskeeper type I guess person, so. maybe groundskeeper, landlord, something like that, ground lord, Lena, yeah, lingerer. And she kept telling Emily to not bother the upstairs neighbor, Dr. Madden. So one night, Emily is hanging out in a room and she starts to see what looks like goo, I guess, yeah, and it looks like antifreeze or something, kind of. Dripping from her ceiling. Yeah. So inconveniently that night, we learn that she's run away from home from an abusive stepfather that has chased her to this this apartment of hers. 
Uh, he ends up attacking her and she tries to escape up the stairs and she ends up hitting her head. But then as she's screaming for help, we see a knife come out or a pencil. And yeah, just, yeah, I think it was like a little it looked almost like a little pocket knife. Yeah, it was very dramatic. You see like just a hand centered in the shot. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I might say a quite fake looking hand and then a, just a pocket knife goes boop and it pops through and lots of like oh, oh and then and then he falls down the stairs sure does we have Emily blacking out that night waking up the next morning in her bed and she goes up to ask hey the other night I noticed some weird goop coming down also what happened to my head uh, we meet Dr. Madden Finally in person, and you may recognize him as the guy from Tron, the villain. Yeah. End of line, sock. <laughs> and are you ready for this? We have a Star Trek cameo once again. We do. He was in Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. The actor's name is David Warner. Hit that music. His name is David Warner and... He's in this movie and he plays the doctor. And yeah, <laughs> so she meets the doctor and he tells her that he has a rare skin disease that requires him to have his room, his temperature always be at the freezing level. Essentially, yeah. The next night, Emily wakes up to blood dripping on her face and the same spot where she saw like the antifreeze, the weird mm -hmm. spill from before. It's now just a big old goop just of blood. Just soaked with blood. I yeah. like how, too, she just kind of, she stands right under it and looks right up at it for like a good while. And then a big, like, drop goes right on her cheek. Uh -huh. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. What else did you think was going to happen? Yeah, ew. So she goes back upstairs. She opens the door because she hears, like, noise. And we get our first shot of some gross things. We see a man being held down by both Dr. Madden and Lena. And we see these holes in his spine or mm -hmm. his back, which are pretty gross. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like the effects on that. That was very cool. And, and you hear a drill. Yes. Although if you look at the drill, it isn't spinning. <laughs> but it sounds like it's going. Mm -hmm. It's one of them future drills, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, moving so fast the eye can't see it. Yeah, it looks perfectly still. It mm -hmm. looks like they're just kind of hovering a drill bit near a guy. But mm -hmm. real in reality, they're drilling into him. It's bananas. Yeah. So Emily ends up fainting. And once again, she wakes up in bed the next day. There's also a shot where we see Dr. Madden cut himself. And instead of bleeding red blood, it's a, it looks like the clear liquid that we've been seeing yeah. throughout so far. Was that supposed to be an accident? Did he accidentally cut his own hand? Because it I looks like he was just like... Blorp, like he just fully like reaches down and cuts the whole side of his hand open. Yeah, it was an accident because Lena surprised him. Oh, and he's like, oh, oops, and just cuts a hole. Hey, some people are hey, clumsy, you know, man. Clumsy old man. Got to keep cold for a reason. So once Emily wakes up again, she ends up confronting Dr. Madden about what, what happened to her stepfather. Mm -hmm. And he just like straight up is like, uh, I needed him, needed to kill him. Yep. Sorry. And she gets upset. Mm hmm. I like her reasoning for getting upset. It's not because that Dr. Madden killed her stepfather for bone marrow, which we end up learning at a certain point. Right. It was because she lied to him. Yeah. You lied to me. He's and like, you know what? To be honest, I would have killed him anyway, even if I didn't <laughs> need his bone marrow. Because 
it hurts me that I lied to you and I'm sorry. <laughs> he just apparently is very into her. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it seems like she's into him, too. Is this around the time that he was kind of like he had a little bit of leakage from his forehead or is that later? I think that was probably around this time, too. I feel like it was during that conversation. Yeah. I wrote Dr. Madden has a condition where he pees out of his forehead unless <laughs> he stays cold all the time. That's essentially what it it's is. Pretty close. Yeah. And she seems to be like pretty into this explanation. She's buying it. He's like, I protect you at all costs. And she's kind of like, oh, my. He starts to like have a. I, I don't know if it was a heart attack or something. He starts having some issues. Yeah. And he's like, oh, help me. I need to go upstairs. <laughs> and so she takes him upstairs and he goes in this big old tub and she just fills it with ice. We see a quick shot as well of the Necronomicon sitting on a table, linking it all together. After he recovers a little bit, they end up going onto the roof in this very Mr. Freeze like frozen garden. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess it's not really a garden. I guess it is. I don't know. Because all of the roses there are dead because he picks one off and he injects it with a needle and some of what we learn is what's keeping him alive. And it brings the rose back back to to life. life. And he's like, hey, don't put it in the sun. Otherwise, it'll die. That seems like a bad plan. Yeah. Also, they're on top of the building. I don't know. Never mind. Also, what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's a very romantic gesture, apparently, because they begin to kiss and they Which I did not like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's what, like 70 and she's like 19? Well, to be fair, um, he That's probably an exaggeration. also is probably much older than that, too, because we, oh, learn, true. we learn later on that people are like, oh, my God, he's still alive. Yeah. That what is he like in his that. late hundreds now? Or yeah. something like that? So I guess in reality, he's like 156 and she's probably like 22. Probably. Yeah. We end up learning that he has been able to stay alive this long because of cryptobiosis, which is a state of extreme inactivity in response to adverse environmental conditions. So I guess he's using this to freeze and slow down the aging of things inside of his body, Mm. which again, I guess require bone marrow. Yeah, really cold bone marrow, maybe. So they do end up having sexy time in the cold as garden. Yeah, which I, I hated. Yeah, yeah, it was very weird. It was off-putting and felt predatory. At a certain point, too, Lena comes across Emily and she threatens her with a knife and she's like, hey. Yeah, she turns around and she's holding a knife up to her and she's like, this knife's either for you or for or it's for me. And if you won't kill for him, then you'll have to kill me. Something like that. Yeah. This freaks her out, of course. <laughs> yeah. And she ends up leaving the apartment completely the whole complex she dips for like a couple months and then we have a scene of her leaving the hospital it looks like she ends up having to return because she is pregnant with his child i somehow missed the time jump here i thought she just left for a little while and came back and i was like she's she's pregnant Mm -hmm. like man that was fast that was like yesterday that they had sex in the like garden so i totally that makes so much more sense to me now yeah i don't know how i missed that so when she returns to the apartment she goes straight up to dr madden's place and she opens the door and they're trying to shove somebody into into the machine to drill out his spinal fluid right it's somebody that she kind of knows he was introduced for a quick second during the story at some point so she's like oh god you and uh, this startles dr madden 
and he gets like kind of knocked over and she tries to help the guy who's being essentially he's going to be killed. Yeah. He gets harvested. Like, yeah. He smashes his fingers that get like chopped right off, which surprised me mm-hmm. because again, I've seen this, but I just forgot that that happened. And you see his fingers just go blup. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah. At this point, Lena starts saying that Emily has seen too much and that they need to kill her. But Dr. Madden's like, no. And he gets very upset and knocks everything off of his uh, off of his table, <laughs> which I think is great. Yeah. And because of that, that starts a fire. Mm-hmm. And a very realistic looking fire. Yeah. And part of his face starts to kind of like melt a little starts bit. Starts melting in the fire and he freaks out. Yeah. They put the fire out. He like runs off. Yeah, he goes into a different room and he's having a rough time because the temperature is just, I guess, at this point, fucked. Yeah, especially with fire. I mean, you know. Emily goes up to him and is like, oh, God. Oh, God. And then we finally have Lena getting a gun from somewhere. (laughs) She fucking fucking (laughs) shoots her in the back. Yep. That was one of my favorite parts. It was like, (laughs) what the hell? Yeah. She's like, yeah, fuck you. Boom. Straight in the lower back. It was like, that's a what a shitty thing to do. What like, you know, it's like so petty. And this is when things just fucking go off the chain. We have Dr. Madden getting very upset because he is not only melting, but he watches this woman, Emily, that he right. he loves. He loves, yeah. And he's like, Emily. And then he just like starts to tear away at his face. And he like stands up and like his skin is melting off and you're seeing bone and you're seeing like muscle. And then he grabs his chest and he just like pulls it apart. Yeah, I got to say, he's not like helping the situation. No, I would think he would be like, oh, no, trying to get to some ice or something. He's like, what if I just start pulling at my own body that's melting? Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote, uh, this is fucking disgusting. (laughs) This is some of the best effects ever. (laughs) It reminded me a lot of like the Hellraiser scene of when Frank was birthed, but like in reverse or like totally. in the right order. Yeah, there's even a scene where it's like a, a like a skull. Yeah. He only has a skull and he's like talking. His whole body and just moving. like crumbles. Pretty intense. And there's like just the eye left in his skull too and you see that just kind of like pop at the end. Yeah, or it like deflates. Yeah. Um did you notice also that I I believe we're witnessing the same being that we saw in Fright Night because it shows oh. his shoes or whatever and there's like thick green goo That's pouring right. out of him for some reason when yeah. it cuts when it cuts back it's gone but mm-hmm. there's a moment where it shows his goop like a like a gack like a nickelodeon slime coming out of him so i, I feel like he's a ghoul i did not put that together but it would explain ghouls are mm-hmm. are ghouls dead i don't know they'd have to be i gasped and said fright night <laughs> when it was happening yeah maybe that's why you know maybe that's his quote unquote condition is that he's just a ghoul I think a ghoul is like an undead type creature. We should know. I feel like we should. This being well, the house we'll, of horror. We'll look into that. We'll do some research yeah. on that later. We'll do a For you guys. podcast called uh, uh, Ghoul Guys. Yeah. Ghoul Guys. And we investigate ghouls and ghoulish situations. Yeah. And you'll call me Mulder. And I will be Doggett. Yep. Everyone's least favorite X-Files <laughs> character. <laughs> well... After that amazing scene, which I think like that, I thought this story was fine. But that ending yeah. of him just melting rocketed it it's straight up. Um, I feel like this story would have been stronger had it not been for the for the twist at the end. That I mean, the twist we saw that a mile away. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I wrote down, well, I had a couple here. Let me add a couple of um, theories that didn't pan out. Okay, let's have them. Um, or, or just at least just the one. Sure. Um, well, first off, we knew, despite her clever disguise of wearing sunglasses inside, mm-hmm. the girl at the beginning talking about her mom clearly turns out to be... Emily. It's not her mom, it's her. Yep. She's she's alive still because she's stealing people's bone marrow now mm-hmm. because she ended up getting this disease when she had sex with dr madden yeah this is really like a movie about an std if you think about it yeah that actually entered my mind yeah a bone marrow std and so just real quick but mm-hmm. she was allowed to live or she was brought back because lena emily's dying words were i came back because i have his baby in me or something like that and oh, so right lena's about to shoot her again and then after she says that she has his kid, she puts the gun down and then that leads us into the end and into some of your theories here. Right. And here I, I have a way of, so um, this girl is staying with her mother supposedly mm-hmm. at the house. Right. And we find out she's not talking about her mom. It's her. So she's been alive this whole time. She's talking to this reporter guy who's a horrible actor. No offense, Mr. Reporter. He was very bad. Um, he was bad. Yeah. And he was like, uh, I have a theory that you're not talking about your mom. You're talking about yourself. Or whatever. And I was like, okay. He did kind of sound like a like a 1920s reporter. Yeah, I don't know if he was trying to now, do that. Or, let me tell you. I was like, okay. But my theory was that she kept talking about her mom. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be Dr. Madden dressed as an old lady. I had that idea at first. I was like, no, I've seen Because it kept this. showing her shadow. And yeah. I was like, what? It's like, thank you, mother. Thank you, mother. And I was like, well, clearly this is the same girl. And mm-hmm. I feel like they would just show the woman if mm-hmm. it was... Her, so I'm assuming it's not her, mm-hmm. is going to be the old guy and he's going to come around the corner wearing like a little bonnet or like a, you know, a little sweater or something. I wish. Which I was really hoping, but it wasn't. That would have was, been great. It was the groundskeeper woman Lena. who was older mm-hmm. by a little bit with old makeup. Um, and the reporter theories? man was drugged. Yep. He was drugged. That was my only theory. And I mean, that was a pretty good theory. That's a great theory. Thank you, thank I you. wish that Old that man was, Madden or I old wish. lady Madden. I mean. Yeah. In a, in a perfect world, that's what it would have been. So, as you just said, he gets poisoned or he gets drugged and she ends up saying, Oh, I've been kept alive by the bone marrow. <laughs> and I guess this baby's still in me as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's like, Ugh, that was creepy. Yeah. She's like, I need to I need to get your bone marrow so I can feel it inside me. I so I can feel, feel it, it kicking. Yeah. I was like, ew. And she's like, um, ever since whatever like he died he the babies just stayed at this which i kind of get because if you're injecting yourself the baby can't grow either so it's staying the same age yeah it's like ew, gross also i wrote down um uh like the reporter guy was threatening her Mm -hmm. and she made him tea and he's just like sipping on the tea and it's like guy don't threaten people and then like drink of opened beverages that they hand you. Mm-hmm. That's a rookie mistake. I always make sure they're closed beverages. And um, so the main character, right? The girl who's like, just kidding. It wasn't my mom. It was me the whole time. Yes. That girl. I, I thought I recognized her from somewhere. She looks familiar. I looked her up on IMDb. She was in an episode of Friends. Really? And weirdly, that's the that just that one episode. I was like, oh, it's her. Yeah, she played um, like one of Chandler's friends from college and she's oh, a movie shit. director now. And so they're like flirting or whatever. And then 
like Joey wants to get a part in one of her movies or blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know. But I was like, I've seen that episode so many times that watching this movie, my brain went straight back to that. That's crazy. That scene. Yeah. yeah. She looks like somebody who'd been on Friends. I right. mean, again, because like, this came out in 1993, mm-hmm. everyone just kind of has that. Has that style, has yeah. that look. It's like you belong in a sitcom, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, with that chapter coming to a conclusion, we are now on to the final short of this anthology series. We're on to part number three called Whispers. 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 The inner city wasteland, once home to Philadelphia's finest and most God-fearing, is now lorded over by a self-styled god, a miscreant known as the Butcher. All right, once again, Jeff, let's have your review. All right, uh, I'm really excited to hear your review on this one because this... I don't know if this is my favorite one, but I really like this one, and it's very weird. It is definitely weird and not what I was expecting. Cool. Um, Okay, so, yeah, this one's about two police officers, partners, and they have a fight because they had sex, and they're upset about that for some reason, Mm -hmm. which leads them to get into an accident somehow. That doesn't fully make sense. And... The main character basically is this woman and her her partner gets taken from the car after the crash. Mm-hmm. And she tries to go follow him down into the sewers, I believe, and then meets a weird couple, like a Midwestern couple. Yeah, maybe. And they're like, we'll help you find your partner. He's probably down here somewhere. Just kidding. We're aliens and we're going to harvest harvest his body and your body. And we, and we want you to be we want your baby or maybe we're going to take your baby and your body parts. I don't, I fully don't know a <laughs> lot. And there's like a hallucination scene for no reason. It's yeah, chaos. It is so. absolute chaos. I mean, once again, you've kind of nailed the, the whole thing. <sighs> Perfect. Pretty spot on. I feel like the least amount kind of happens in this. The least and the most. Yeah. The story is nowhere near as, as much as went on in the cold. Nowhere near as, a lot of chaos happening in the first. This is more just craziness, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's less to the plot, but more madness, madness. Exactly. Very HP Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. So we're introduced to our two main characters, Sarah and Paul, and they're having an argument that they slept together and that I guess Sarah is pregnant now and she's driving like a mad woman. And Paul decides to take off of his seatbelt because he thinks that uh, she'll slow down because they are in pursuit of a criminal known as the butcher, but they decide to have an argument right now at this particular point in time. That's what I found confusing. He's like, slow down, mad woman or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you're in hot pursuit of a, it's, she's not just driving crazy because you had sex uh-huh. and he takes his seatbelt off. He's like, going to slow down stop. to a stop. I can't believe that's just let, let the butcher go. That's his way of threatening her. He's like, well, if you don't slow down, I'm going to slam my head into the dashboard. Well, he deserved it. That's and what I'm saying. They both decide to stop paying attention to the street. And that's when they end up getting a car accident because I guess the butcher leaves his car just parked out in the middle of the street. Yeah. She like tries to swerve around it and Hits launches it. off of a wall or something. Right. Uh, she launches it off flips. of the car. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So she's. Upside down, still in her seatbelt. Paul is like on the ground and he gets dragged out. And as he's getting dragged out, he's leaving a trail of blood. 
and we're seeing these red shoes or these red coverings over shoes. She gets herself out of the car and she follows the trail of blood into this abandoned warehouse. And she sees him being taken down an elevator deeper into this building down to somewhere. Mm -hmm. She goes chasing after him and she ends up eating shit by tripping over a rope and (laughs) falling just fucking a few flights down just into this empty warehouse. And she's thankfully saved by the rope going around her leg, which looks honestly super fucking painful. Yeah. Imagine falling and then just being like bungee jumping, but without the proper bungee equipment. Totally. That would not go well. I mean, I guess it was either that or she just smashes her face and dies. Yeah, I guess I'd rather have the rope. I I like how she was kind of like flailing crazy (laughs) at the bottom, too, when she was already hanging there. It was like, yeah, calm down. You're going to break something. There are some interesting cuts, too, because suddenly she's hanging upside down. Next thing you know, she's like back up. Yeah, it was it was a little strange, but still still entertaining. She gets up and that's when she meets uh, his name is Harold, I believe. He is says he's the building manager or the landlord or something once mm-hmm. again. And she's like, yeah, how do I get further down? And he tells her that the butcher has been showing up and then he's using the tunnels as a as a layer of his. Yeah, and tells, he seemed like way too chill about that. He's he, like, oh, yeah, yeah, the butcher is down here. He's like, he's late on his rent. Ha <laughs> Yeah, it's I like, did not like this uh, guy. Yeah, it's like this weird, like big old glasses and his hat. She seemed to trust him far too easily for my taste. To be fair, she was pretty erratic and and right. She did a have a head around. injury. She oh yeah yeah her head was bleeding from the car accident and fair. she was waving around cursing and being like, "Take me to the fucking tunnels!" Right, right. So and he's like, "Okay, I guess if you want." And she's like, "I'm gonna fucking shoot you." Yeah, yeah. So not that trusting. True. True. He just seemed to be way too calm, I guess. Yes, that's what it was. So he's taking her in that direction, and she almost gets shot by our second weird southern... What did you call him? Uh, Midwestern couple. Midwestern couple. We meet Daisy. She's wearing sunglasses, right? I believe she's blind. She's blind, right. And she needs to get shot by her, and there's the whole, like, "I'm, I'm a cop, I need to find my partner. So the two, Daisy and Harold... Take her through their living quarters. While we're there, we end up seeing a quick little flash of the Necronomicon as well. Mm-hmm. Connecting everything. It's all and connected. Daisy seems to know that Sarah is pregnant. She like gets close to her and she's like, Oh, it's you're pregnant. The your partner is the husband, isn't he? And Sarah's like, I don't know what's happening. There's yeah, a lot she of her like yelling. New stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like them. No, they were just they were just weird. Yeah. While Sarah and Daisy are talking, Daisy ends up telling Sarah that the butcher could be an alien. I don't know right. why that came up. I think that they just knew that she was in pursuit of the butcher and the butcher lived here at, at this warehouse, apparently. Oh, yeah. And he and she was like, yeah, I was talking to your husband. She's like, he's not my husband. I was like, what? It was obvious these two were up to something. Yeah, something's going on here. So they, Sarah ends up following Harold into the tunnels. It starts off normal, like just long hallways and as they're going deeper and deeper we see the walls change and there are now like scones is that is that the right word sconces sconces <laughs> scones on the wall you know it's actually pronounced scone, right is it really yep oh fucking believe you you heard it here first <laughs> so we see sconces on the wall and harold slowly lighting them and we see all these old carvings of like weird shit going on. It looks like people yeah, like being sacrificed. And, and yeah, yeah, there are all these other rooms. 
And Harold starts asking her, hey, do you believe in hell? Do you believe in all of these weird things? And we start seeing like more and more blood on the ground. And she's like, wait, there are now like two paths. And Harold says something like, you think this is the first body he's brought down here? I would have handcuffed this fucking guy um, way before this happened. It's like, clearly you're fucking at least working with this dude. Sarah ends up telling him that Daisy told her that the butcher is an alien. And Harold says, no, 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 no. See, there are aliens, but the butcher works for them. So clearly there's some alien stuff, which kind of connects back to the original story and very loosely mm-hmm. based off the original story. And he ends up taking her to this room with a big old hole in it. <laughs> and he's like, eh, down there, that's where he comes. That's where he goes. That's where your partner probably is. And she's like, what is what what? What room is this? What is happening? Because they're just like there's blood stains everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it just it's it's a weird place. He sits down because he steps in a little bit of goo. He's like, oh, I got to protect my shoes. And he ends up putting on what we see are those red shoe coverings, which Sarah did notice when she was hanging upside down. That was the only thing she saw as Paul was being pulled away. Right. Paul was being pulled away. <laughs> So she pulls out her gun and she says, it was you. I saw your shoes. Yeah. I know you're fucking lying. Basically. Harold, again, he's playing it pretty cool. He's like, whoa, I don't want to get my shoes dirty, you know? This is when Daisy shows up and she lights Sarah on fire. Like her whole body's on fire and she's like flailing around. Oh, shit. I totally forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. It looks pretty fucking cool. And then she gets kicked down into this hole just... Kunk. Mm-hmm. And Sarah just is pulling off the bits of her clothes that are still on fire. That woman, she is having a day. <laughs> a fucking day, man. So it's gross down here. Turns out there are all these bodies and body parts and bones. And she's touching them all and like, oh, no. Yeah, and squishing around in there. This. And she ends up coming across Paul. He's his back is to the wall and mm-hmm. he's kind of you hear him saying things help him over here as she gets closer and closer you can tell something's not right with this guy something's wrong he's definitely injured from the car crash probably he stands up at a certain point and you can see his head like the back of his head is gone his brain is missing he does the classic sixth sense turn yeah, yeah you see that the back of his head is missing and you can see through his eyes, too. Mm-hmm. His eyes are gone, and the back of his head is open, and his brain is gone. And then he goes, woogly, uh, woogly, 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 <laughs> and he, like, wait, he like wobbles around. Fully don't understand how? Because isn't he just, like, a dead body? He's got no brain or anything. Why is I... he, like, Paul? Or, I mean, not Paul. <laughs> Sarah. Sarah. Woogly, woogly, woogly. It's, like, just to be spooky? My notes say he looks pretty gross and floppy. <laughs> he does look gross and floppy. Because like his body just kind of like waving about like someone's shaking it. Yeah. And it was like, is someone shaking it? Well, yes. Okay. Sort of. So remember, she fights him off and she right. like pushes him back. And then we see a goopy bat like creature like emerge from his back. Like, it, like his skin opens oh, up. That was from his back. I'm pretty sure. Okay. It was, it was. It came out from him. It right, had right. to have. I, I mean, it didn't have to, but that's just. That's the part where I was like, <laughs> wait, what? I thought it was just also there's a little bat like 
gross creature that was like, Sarah, hey, Sarah, it's me, Paul. That's the only explanation tiny that, mouth. I, that I have is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, all right. So can you describe these creatures to me, please? Um, I feel like it was it was uh, <laughs> I can try. Please. It was like a almost like a fleshy stingray. Yep. Oh, kind good, of good description with a tiny little tiny little mouth on it. Uh huh. Like a like a little sucker, a little sucker. And it would talk. Like it was a, just a little tiny human mouth. And it was like, Sarah, Sarah, it's me, Paul. I'm still here. I'm still talking to you. I'm Paul or whatever. And um, if you remember correctly, too. It like had a little like pouch or it had like a little bit on it where you could see where you saw Paul's brain and the oh, two totally. little eyes yeah, yeah, floating. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like a, a little clear, like, yeah, like a sack. Yeah. So it like absorbed his like brain or something. And I guess his eyes. And it says, we need you to breed. Which, isn't she pregnant already? Yes. So they're like, they just want more or maybe? Well, we end up learning that they need bone marrow. Right, these of course, creatures. classic. Yeah. It's always bone marrow with these fucking guys. Paul says, watch the walls. And all of a sudden you just see all of these fucking bat stingray creature things just appear and I start to corner her. And these things are like fairly fucking tall, too. They're mm-hmm. big. These are some big motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. She ends up screaming. And it's a shot of her now in, in a bed in a hospital. Okay. And this is where this is where it just to me uh-huh. up until now, it's been like weird. Yeah. I'm like, what? But she wakes in the hospital and I'm like, OK, so there's a twist. Yes. But what is yet to come is not what I was expecting. So she wakes up in the hospital uh-huh. and and people come in, right? Yes. And it's the couple. Yes. But they look cleaner and more like put together. And she's like, mom and dad. One is the mom. I think the other, I think Harold is the doctor. Oh, oh, okay. I think. I just remember being like, mom. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so it's like a Wizard of Oz situation. And they kind of use that explanation that, you know, when you go through a traumatic incident, they're telling her that she got the baby aborted right and that the mind will do crazy things like you said a wizard of oz thing where it puts people you know in different situations different characters right but then and i was like okay i'm following you know i get it not my favorite twist but makes sense and then it reverts yeah the mom mentions oh yeah sorry but paul's dead and she's like, what? And they pull back. The oh, curtain. they pull back the curtain. Yeah, yeah. Like Paul's right. She's like, where's Paul? Where's Paul? And they're like, oh, he's right here next to you or whatever. And pulls yeah, back yeah. the curtain and it's his messed up body. Yeah. The, the eyeless with the shell of his head. Brainless. Yeah. Just shell of Paul. And, and he's she, like, woogly, woogly, woogly <laughs> on the bed. And then <laughs> and then they're like, just kidding. We're the crazy people from before. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It, like scenes flash back to her now she's on this stone tablet still in in this cave in this hole she's missing her arm and two of her legs legs. and the creature daisy is like we like the marrow it's so tasty (laughs) and i guess a, a tongue or some sort of mouth shoots out of daisy's mouth and it's going into like parts of her arm and you see the other bad stingrays with their mouths. 
inserted into the severed arms and the severed legs and you see them like sucking up the bone marrow like so a little straw <laughs> so what was the purpose of this hallucination like trick because she was only it was like five seconds i'm like just kidding ha, 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 we're still here. it was like why what was the point of all that uh for dramatic effect and obviously. also she was just like oh you're my mom you're my mom now yep I guess maybe some kind of mind control. Or it was maybe just some sort of like reverse. Because she would be like, thing. you're not my mom. Who the fuck are you? Like her brain was maybe trying to make sense of. Yeah. By putting her in a familiar situation. But then because it was so traumatic, her brain was like, nah, you're fucked. I, and I was like, wait a second. You're not my mom. You're a crazy, crazy lady. You're a crazy alien stingray bat creature. Yeah. With like a weird penis head. And that. Brings it to an end. Harold tries to leave and he's like, where are the car keys? Sarah still has them in her hand as she's slowly like getting her arm chopped off. By their weird like like uh, tree trimmer tongues. Mm-hmm. And the final shot is of her just starting to crazily laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're done. That was, yeah, her laughing also confused me oh yeah and i guess <laughs> I they like, took she... the baby out of her yeah i believe so because during the hallucination you see daisy has like the baby in that weird sack yeah yeah so they took the baby i guess and they're probably just gonna eat it yeah maybe grow it for bone marrow or something i don't know interesting start interesting. harvesting uh because they're they're like we want you to breed so something about human babies is helpful to them. I don't know. Maybe they just need like the brain. I would say this, this story to me, the most confusing. I couldn't fully get the motivations (laughs) of anyone kind of. I could, but I was like, what the fuck is happening? I don't think a lot happened. Like we said at the very beginning, but it also was the craziest. Yeah. And yeah, that, that brings us to the end of chapter three. We're brought back to H.B. Lovecraft, finishing up his notes. Uh, In between every chapter, we also flashed back to Lovecraft. And every time we were back with him, one of the doors that was inside of the vault holding the Necronomicon were slowly opening. We saw mechanisms at work Mm -hmm. and he would kind of like react or look around and he just didn't do anything about it. But it was that slow buildup. So. One of the monks ends up finding Mr. Lovecraft and he's like, just open the door. It'll be fine. You can leave. And Lovecraft is like, uh, my bad. Drop the keys. <laughs> what if I could? Buddy? Yeah. And the monk is like, you are a fucking idiot. He starts telling him there's a price to pay when you read from the Necronomicon. And Lovecraft stands up and he walks towards the vault because it's opening. It's activating more. Mm-hmm. And then we get a return of what I think might be like the same squid monster from the first story. That's what I thought. Yeah, it looks almost like a smaller version of much smaller. Yeah, of the yeah, the eye squid monster from beneath the floorboards in the first story because it has like tentacles, has the eye, has the mouth. But yeah, again, just much smaller. And it starts like grabbing him and attacking him. While this is happening, we see the monk. Turns out this might not be a human. We see him slide his whole head through the bars uh, similar uh, to the first X-Men movie. Wow. Actually, extremely similar. Mm-hmm. So he, he slides his whole head and then his whole body through the bars. 
And as he's doing this, Lovecraft conveniently has a like a little sword in his walking stick or his walking cane. Hell yeah. And he uses it and he just fucking stabs the tentacle creature because it's holding him now. It's, mm-hmm. it's trying to keep him there. And he just stabs it straight through the eye like twice, three times. Yeah. And yeah. Then we just see like an explosion of blood shoot up. And it's great. It's super cool. We have Jeffrey Combs having an action scene and I'm <laughs> all here for it. Mm-hmm. All about it. So the monk now attacks Lovecraft and they're struggling and Lovecraft like puts his help me out here. Jeff. He like he like reaches around from behind and grabs his jaw mm-hmm. and the and his top like he puts his hands in his mouth basically yes, like yes, his yes, top yes. and bottom of his mouth and pulls apart and like pulls his it's skin. It's like skin, but almost looks like a mask. It's almost like a human mask or something where it's like he pulls the top of the head over something, something else. Yeah, it's a creature that's inside as if. Yeah, as if it was a creature wearing a human mask and he rips it off. Mm -hmm. And but it's like underneath it's kind of weird and wonky. And And he doesn't pull it off all the way. It's like halfway over the top of his head. Very almost like Beetlejuice to me. And so this creature monk is just like, oh, God, I can't see or whatever. And this is this is when we have the vault now completely opened Mm -hmm. and the monk grabs Lovecraft and starts holding him and keeps telling him there's a price you got to pay and you're about to pay it. Mm -hmm. And we get this crazy fucking shot. It's like it inside the vault. It must connect like some sort of dimension, which looks like really bad CG, but it's still goofy. And then we see this creature. It, it, It has like a mouth, but no eyes and it has it's like all flappy <laughs> and it's shooting through space and then it's shooting through this tunnel dimension through the vault. And Lovecraft is able to stab the monk who's holding him. And so instead of Lovecraft being the one to get eaten by this otherworldly creature, the monk ends up getting just bit and taken straight through. He gets sucked through the vault and all of the vault doors close and boom. <laughs> As soon as everything was happening, it was over. Yep. The door conveniently opens up and Lovecraft is like, I'm out of here. He grabs the Necronomicon and he just starts getting the fuck out of there. Felt very um like Constantine meets Indiana Jones. Kind of did. It was like it almost like he went in there knowing I'm about to fuck some shit up. Mm-hmm. He like he was aware of the the creature and the and the monk and and he was like ready with his sword and he's like I'm just gonna go in there and fuck shit up and get the Necronomicon and get out of there like Which, nothing seemed to necessarily surprise him he's like you know yeah I'm in control here I'm on a mission I guess he would have to be if he's been writing about all the stuff you right? know he's like ain't ain't nothing but a story mm-hmm. so as he leaves the library he still has his taxi that dropped him off there waiting for him and he jumps in. And he's like, let's get out of here. I'm good. We see he's holding the Necronomicon. And we have a fun little director cameo here, actually. The cab driver is the director of this part, the library, and part three. Uh, oh, nice. It's Brian Usna. He is the taxi driver, and he asks, Oh, uh, you find what you're looking for, Mr. Lovecraft? You might say, it found me. The oh. end. Very nice. Very nice. 
And that brings us to an end of our first anthology movie, Necronomicon Book of the Dead. Well, Jeff, I got a few questions for you. I'm ready. First of all, what did you think of this movie? Um, <clears throat> weirdly, not what I was expecting. In a good or a bad way? Uh, I'd say in a good way. Okay. All right. I feel like I kind of expected it to be more more gritty and more fringe mm-hmm. um, and ended up being more kind of more 80s camp horror, which I which I enjoy. Good. So I I liked it more than I was expecting. Did I tell you it was an anthology series beforehand? You did. Yeah. OK. I good. think that's all I knew. OK. You're like, it's an anthology. I think you might have mentioned that it had something to do with H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. And then just handed me a blank USB. And I was like, OK, uh, I thought it was going to be like some pretty heavy <laughs> shit that I'd be like, OK, you know, for the podcast. You're like, and this is my final I'll episode. On. Yeah, <laughs> it's been fun. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and then I put it in and it started and I was like, oh, OK, I can already tell that I'm going to be into this because, again, it was very much like it feels like I'm starting an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Just in like the style of the, even just like the camera work and like the set design and stuff. I was like, all right, this is going to be fun. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. Well, let's go through the chapters and let's rate them. Let's start off with part one, The Drowned. Out of five eyeball tentacle creatures, how many eyeball tentacle creatures would you give this movie? I would give it. And by movie, I mean segment. I would give that segment who that's interesting because the rating system, it's almost like you're rating them against each other. Mm-hmm. Shoot. I'd say four out of five. Wow. Four eyeball tentacle monsters out of five. That's right. Well, what about you though? Ooh. Yeah. How many, how many eyeball tentacle monsters out of five would you give it? I would give this three eyeball tentacle monsters out of five eyeball gotcha. tentacle monsters. I did mention earlier that it was very tame compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. And it was a good way to to start off this anthology series is a good like here is what to expect. Kind of ramping up a little bit. Exactly. Which they most certainly did ramp up. So, yeah. Why I, would you give this four to five? I enjoyed the kind of nautical themes like I liked the like. The sea, big hat sea guy. Oh, that guy was great. I was forgot cool. about that Come, guy. He came stomping in with like seaweed and and like his the, the kind of siren, like his dead wife kind of being like a siren character. And something about the like glowing green eyes and, the, and like the octopus mouths felt mm-hmm. really classic to me. It was like, there's a lot of elements that I feel like could make really cool movie posters. Yeah, basically, definitely. like I would be, I'd be so down to have a movie poster up on my wall of like the kid with the glowing eyes and the, and the octopus mouth and the uh-huh. sea guy in the background and like the title. It just seems a lot of cool imagery, I guess. That is very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to segment number two. The cold. The cold. Out of five bone marrow saws, how many bone marrow saws would you give this movie? And by movie, I mean segment. God damn it. <laughs> Out of five bone marrow saws, I would give this segment three out of five all right why is that a lot of it felt fairly predictable the acting wasn't so good (laughs) the main the main girl was a a good actor Mm -hmm. didn't love the love story between the old man and the young girl yeah 
didn't really like the old woman. Yeah, there was I just not a lot of shit that I liked about the middle one. It was okay. I'm like talking myself down. I might even give it two. Damn. Two bu- bone marrow sauce. Um like I liked the the old man's Dr. Madden's death scene. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yes. That was intense. Yes, it, it was, was disgusting, but yes. it was well done. Otherwise, eh. What about yourself? Out of out of five bone marrow saws, how many would you give this well, segment? Let me just double check with you. Are you moving that down a bone marrow saw? Are you yeah, it's going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set it at two. Final two, okay. Yeah, final two. Well, I am going to give this, can we give like a half bone saw? I don't know, can you? Uh, you tell me. Um. You know, no. No, you can't because okay. a bone marrow saw, what are you going to do? You know, it, It's not going to work. You can't cut it in half. It cuts. It doesn't get cut. Very true. All right. I will put this at three bone marrow saws out of five bone marrow saws. Okay. I agree with you on a lot of what you said. The point five or the half bone marrow saw would have been specifically because of Dr. Madden's death. Totally. I knew it. Those effects are so good. They're so gross. I want to touch it. They're some of my favorite things in this anthology movie. But overall, the story was it was okay. And it needed more gross things. Totally. It's personal opinion there. Yeah. And the story itself was just kind of like, like you, you mentioned earlier, it was kind of, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And let's go to part three. Whispers. 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 Why don't you come up with the rating system for this one? All right. Out of five, out of five fleshy stingray aliens, mm-hmm. how many would you give this segment? I will give this. Damn. I'm going to give this four flesh ray. Flesh. I like flesh ray better. Let's stay. Let's stick with flesh (laughs) ray aliens. Let's not. I would give this. Did I just say four? You said four. Yeah. You can stick with four. No. Uh Oh, I'm going to give this. Fuck it. I'm going to give this four fleshy stingray aliens out of five. But. I think it's just the gore and mm-hmm. the practical effects and the nonsense right? that made me really like this part mm-hmm. over the others. Again, the story isn't really there. Not a lot of it makes sense. Yeah. There's not much to it. But I like seeing weird alien stingray bat creatures. Mm-hmm. I like seeing weird tongue straws go into severed limbs and sucking Ew. up the bone marrow. And I love seeing a character without a brain in the back of his head, wibbling and wobbling and <laughs> floppling about. <laughs> yeah. The, the effects and the nonsense bumped that up uh, an entire star. Wow. I'm not necessarily happy about it, but it is what it is. You it know? is what it is. I don't make the rules. Right. Exactly. You do. You did on this one. That's right. Well, now it's your turn, Jeff. How many, Oh God, flappy <laughs> stingray flappy aliens. bird aliens <laughs> would you give this movie at five um oof gotta be honest i'm gonna give this one a one dang yeah one I... fleshy uh stingray aliens out of five i saw at least two did not love the couple characters yeah uh the way they portrayed these characters reminiscent of the characters in maximum overdrive mm-hmm. something about the like obnoxious it has nothing to do with whether or not they're portrayed as Southern or Midwestern or anything like that. I'm totally, I love everyone. It's just the something about it, like 
puts me off. It like it like gets under my skin. It's irritating yeah. me. Like it's like a sassy attitude that pisses me off. And then and then also just yeah the the story seemed a little bit kind of all over the place. A little bit like they were making it up as they went. Like wouldn't surprise they're me. in the tunnels and then fuck I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole there's like a and then there's another room and then in that room there's a hole and then. Stink like there's singers on the walls or whatever. It was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it didn't seem like the beginning tied to the end to me at all. It was just kind of like, what is this? What's going on? Great effects. Yeah. I did like the chaos of it. Mm -hmm. And the, the effects were great. I would almost want to give it one extra star. I almost did. And then realized the effect I was thinking of was not in the final part. It was in the epilogue with the monk being kind of like torn. Oh yeah. That I'm was like, Oh, that cool. would have bumped it up, but that's not even part of the third story. So I'm going to stick with one. Okay. You're making, Ooh. you're making me want to bump this down to three instead of four. I don't know. Can I change my answer? You can. I'm changing it. I will give this uh three. Yes. Fleshy stingray aliens out of five. Yeah. Three flesh rays out of five. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's stick with those ratings. Okay, let me ask you this. Please. Now that we've reviewed part one, part two, and part three, mm -hmm. what would you rate this movie overall? Okay. Including the wraparound. Okay. Part one, part two, and three. Mm -hmm. All the all the parts in between. Mm -hmm. Everything with H.P. Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. Out of ten uh, walking stick swords. Ooh. How many walking stick swords would you give this? This movie, Necronomicon. Let me propose something to you real quick. Okay. Because you can take a sword out of a walking stick. True. I think that can constitute as a half, right? Uh, yeah, I follow that. Mm. I, I agree with you. All right. I realize I'm probably not going to give it the half, so I'm going to put that walking stick I mean, hey, sword right back in. But it's possible. All right. Out of 10 walking sword walking sticks, I would give this a six sword walking six out of ten nice yeah overall it's a good solid score overall it's i think it's a fun anthology series there are bits that i really really like mm -hmm. like we said dr what's his face madden his melting scene the extreme just what the fuck is happening of the last one mm -hmm. and what did you call your your fish hat guy oh yeah, yeah. big big hat fish man big hat fish man he that character alone on screen for maybe less than a minute, but he has left such an impact on me. <laughs> I just, I, I, I love it. I love that character himself or itself. It's fish self. Uh, but yeah, it's not one of the stronger anthology series, but I think it's very fun. Mm -hmm. The effects are, are very good for a 1990s movie. You said it does remind you more of like that eighties kind of campy horror. And I completely agree with you. And that's, it, it, in a way, I feel like it was totally intentional, too. It wasn't yes. like, oh, they just kind of the effects weren't that good. It was like, oh, you're it's like a it's like a cleaned up version of it. Also, almost yeah. where it's like, oh, an intentional B movie aesthetic, which was really cool. And just, yeah, a lot of little things really made it. But overall, you know, it's not it's not my favorite, but yeah, it's still fun. I have a lot of fun with it. Your rating, Jeff, out of how many sword walking sticks? I probably messed up. Out of, 10. out of 10. No, you're correct. Uh, I would say I'd give it a solid four. Okay. Out of 10. Yeah, checks out. I almost gave it more. 
I feel like you're doing that with like all the chapters too. You oh, you want to give it a little bit more credit, but you're like, eh. Because I did enjoy myself. That's what's making me feel like, man, I feel like I'm under, you know, undervaluing this whole movie, but I'm just going to keep on moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, start to finish, I did enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, some of the gore stuff, I was like, eh, you know, Take I don't need the wibbly wobbly guy showing up again in the bed or anything, <laughs> but... Yeah, I give it a solid four. It was a good time. Cool imagery. Um, fun. Yeah. In- like kind of fun story. Simple, but like enjoyable stories. Definitely. I'd recommend this to someone who is who is into this genre. I wouldn't just be like, everyone should watch this. It's pretty chaotic and gory for a lot of people, I'm sure. But it was a good time. And I feel like it has enough variety. You do like with the first chapter, it's mm-hmm. a much more like there's a mysterious kind of creature. The second one, it's kind of like a fucked up love story with right. freezing. Mm-hmm. And then the third is just chaos. Uh, you know, depending who you are, you could have a little bit of something for everyone. That's one of the things I like, too, is that you can almost identify. Yeah. Which one it's like, this is the one that I like or this is the one that I like. They're different enough that you can kind of like like we were saying, the first one is kind of like, I like that. That's yeah. the one I would pick. And, and you're you saying would the last you one. would have bet that I would have loved the third. Mm hmm. Just specifically for the effects. And you totally. weren't wrong. Aliens and like insane gore effects. I'm like, oh, Steve's going to be into this one. Yeah. 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 So it has that nice. What, what, what do you need in life? Uh, variety. The spice variety. of life is what they say. Exactly. Alrighty. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Jeff, would you like to close us out? Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to this episode, whatever number it is. Um, and... Check out uh, the new merch store. Uh, We got a couple of shirts available, like we mentioned a a few times that are fun and cool to look at. Uh, Leave us a comment if you want to say anything that's nice and don't be mean. Um, uh, Review us on the various podcasting platforms. Yeah, if you can, please leave us five stars and leave us a great review. We'll even read it out here on the podcast. Live, live, live. Live. And uh, yeah, I I think that's pretty much it and thanks to those who have already thanks again to the people who've already bought some shirts and left some reviews and we appreciate it yeah thank you again everyone for listening as always we appreciate you stopping on by and joining us in the house the horror house that is (laughs) well as we say at the end of every episode of Hurwitz's house of horror Sarah, I'm the fish it's man. Me, Paul. Hey, what's up? Paul, it's me. Here's I mean, a book. Sarah, it's me. Fish man. <laughs> <laughs>